Welcome to Sound Business, a podcast all about sound, podcasting, radio, audio and the people who make it. I'm Jim and I talk about a whole range of topics and news on this podcast from the latest developments in audio tech to deep dives on very specific parts of the audio industry. But today we're going back to basics. This podcast should be especially useful if you're just about to start on your own podcasting journey and are looking for some sound advice on how to get started. On this show, you're going to hear five brilliant tips on what you need to consider if you're about to take the plunge into the podcasting world. Those tips are courtesy of Ashley Morris from Progressive Media, who help people build their podcasts from the ground up with advice, tips, production support and ideation. He's also part of the Podcasters podcast, a great resource at whatever stage you are along your journey. So... Don't buy that blue Yeti just yet. Instead, grab a pen and pad and take note of these five nuggets of podcasting wisdom. Ashley Morris, welcome to Sound Business. How are you and whereabouts are you? Hey Jim, I am very well, thank you. I'm here in Peterborough, United Kingdom. How are you yourself? Yeah, really good. What's the best thing about Peterborough? It's one of those places in the UK, I reckon. People know about Manchester and Birmingham and London, but there's all these towns and cities in between that people maybe aren't massively familiar with. Sell Peterborough to me. Oh, God. I've got a hard job there. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, this is a really rogue one, but probably the only thing that was going for Peterborough is, you know, in lockdown when they opened those first bunch of McDonald's after, yeah. <laughs> after everything shut, Peterborough had four McDonald's open and it was wow. more than anywhere else in the country. Country. So that's the only good thing I can think about, Peter. Oh, <laughs> McDonald's, capital of the UK. Uh, right, yeah, we're that's not, the one. <laughs> we're not here to talk about fast food. We're here to talk about podcasting and in particular getting into podcasting because it can be a daunting thing making that first step into starting a podcast for yourself or your brand. And you guys at Progressive Podcasts are well placed to help people upon that journey. So you've come up with five top tips that people need to consider or think about before they take the plunge. We'll go for room in turn so ashley hit us with tip number one yeah absolutely well first of all going back to what you said it's what we we do for the most part is work with people from the ground up so we do take people on and work with them when they've already got a podcast but a lot of the people go through our kind of training and we work with people from the idea stage so it's kind of our specialty as such is working from that very first point which is why Mm -hmm. i'm uh, able to hopefully provide some good input on this uh my number one for anyone thinking of starting a podcast would be to figure out their who and their why So what I mean by that is a lot of people will jump into it straight away and just go, yes, I'm going to start this podcast. You say, who's it for? They're like, oh, I don't know, whoever listens. They're like, oh, why do we start it? It's like, oh, I'm just going to see what happens. And they're the ones that fall into the 95% that fail before they even get Mm. to like seven episodes. So it's massive to figure out who is the person that's going to listen to your podcast. And then also your why makes a massive difference. Talking on who first, people worry more about the how many how many listeners are going to get and not enough about the who and what Mm. i mean by that is podcasting is very much a different type of media in the sense that with your tiktok it's all about views similar with youtube and you can press the monetize button and you learn money based on views for most podcasters it isn't about how many at all because if you can identify your ideal listener and find more people like that person and create your content specifically for them you'll probably open up a lot more doors monetarily mm. and able to grow your show a lot easier. So for example, our podcast, the Podcasters Podcast, we identified new podcasters, people just starting getting into podcasting as our ideal listener. So we try and name all of our content at 
someone who wants to start a podcast or someone mm-hmm. who has already got a podcast. And that's something that's massively overlooked is people go too broad with the sort of who they're creating content for. And the more specific you can be with your consumer, the better. The more accurate that person, it makes it easier for you to then go and find more people who fit that kind of avatar, if you like. Find communities, find groups, find Reddits, whatever it is. And if you can nail down, this is the sort of person that listens to my podcast, then it becomes a lot easier to grow the show. And then when monetizing down the line also becomes a lot easier because you can just approach sponsors who have the same sort of ideal listener or ideal client. Or if you have a service or product of your own, can you then have a listener that aligns with your ideal client product Mm. yourself? So that's a massive, massive part that I think is overlooked and probably the first thing you should do. I think the who and the why are important with any type of content when you're creating stuff you're absolutely bang on i mean who you're talking to like you say it informs where you find those audiences it informs the tone of voice you use pretty much anything you're doing and then as for the why i come from a radio background and i worked on a specific breakfast show where every time we did a bit of content we'd ask ourselves the question why the does the audience care and it's like, <laughs> what makes your audience, your who, want to hear what you're saying? And that was really important. Uh, but I think it's one thing to go who and why. It's another thing to actually be able to nail down who your who and the why are. So do you have any tips for actually beginning to answer those questions in the first place? Yeah. So on the who specifically, if you can think about roughly the sort of content you want to create and just look at what other people are doing in the same space, look at who they're targeting. Look at their communities, who's the type of person in their community, or if you have a service or product which or business, who's your ideal client? What do most of your clients look like? And then what do they want to listen to? So working backwards is, is probably the best way. And then market research, just seeing who else is out there targeting a similar audience to what you're likely to create and what do their listener look like? And on the why as well, a large part of the why as well as the audience is yourself. So why are you starting a podcast? I spoke to someone mm. fairly recently who's done it all himself and has been doing it for a year and loves it and all of this and it was quite a surprise because most people that try and wear all the hats and then try and be really consistent with it either struggle with the consistency or they give up but he has such a strong why such a strong reason for doing it that kind of drives him on so when it comes to consistency which i'll get to later but that's probably the most important thing with podcasting is consistency so if you've got a strong why a really strong reason for you wanting to do a podcast and making loads of money doesn't count <laughs> like if it's a if it's a something you're passionate about or if it's an educational podcast and it's a really big thing for you you want to help as many people as possible having a strong why and reason for doing it helps massively in terms of making sure you turn up every week and actually enjoy doing the content there is an argument to say that actually if you want to create a podcast a lot of people who haven't come from a broadcasting background or who are taking the first steps in it the kind of biggest barrier for them is the actual speaking into a microphone just doing it to a certain extent so is there an argument to kind of go, actually, the flip side of that is you do need a who and a why in order to get success. You need a who and a why. But for those people who maybe just need to get over that first block, well, you can just get started. But as long as you develop your who and your why as you go. Yeah. So with everything, I'm going to go through kind of the five points, which like in an ideal world, you want to get nailed yeah. down. But the good thing with podcasting is you can always change it. You can change your title. You can change your artwork. You can change everything about it. So It's better to start now and get perfect later and just give it a go as so many people do get held back by like just not giving it a go and you're better off just doing it than not doing it at all. But obviously, like you say, in an ideal world, all of these things you implement, the who and the why is probably the first thing that I suggest to anyone is figure out your who, figure out your why and Mm. then nothing's stopping you from recording from there basically. Just 
I mean, you can do it even before that if you want to do test recordings or that's, I mean, everyone we work with, we get to do a test recording beforehand, just hearing how they sound. And then if they provide us something that isn't good enough, we'll say, look, maybe try re-recording like this, which obviously helps, but not everyone's working with a team. So just do it. And then you can always implement all of this after. So if I, if through this podcast episode, you kind of think, oh, this sounds daunting. <laughs> these are all things you can implement as you go along. These are all things you can change. In an ideal world, you do them at the start. But if you're worried about getting behind the mic, then just give it a go and see what happens. Hit us with tip number two then. We've figured out our who and our why. What else is important? So after you've figured out that, it's then focusing on the content itself. So making sure your content is unique, relevant and engaging are probably the three main things. By unique, I mean not the same as everyone else. There's nothing worse than when someone tells you, I want to make a podcast talking to interesting people. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Yeah, there's a million of them. I want to speak to my neighbor, Dave, because he's an interesting guy. Yeah, but there's a million people doing that. What's going to make you special? So I try to ask everyone why someone will listen to their show rather than one a similar one. And it comes down to being specific and down to the who as well, but making your content a little bit different or unique or special in some way that just separates it from other people. So it's not, mm. it doesn't fall into a, obviously you can still have the same sort of content as on, but it doesn't fall into the, oh, it's exactly the same as 101 other podcasts. You need to have something about your content, which is, this is my thing. Relevant as well is you figure out your who, make sure the content's relevant to them. It's all good knowing who your ideal listener is, but then actually making sure that content is the sort of stuff they want to listen to is massively important and can be overlooked. You want it to be free-flowing because it's a podcast. It's a very natural form of media, but you also do need to keep it relevant. You don't want to go off on massive tangents and complete, talk about something completely different all the time. Okay, yes. Depending on the type of podcast as well, this is probably more so for like your educational podcasts. Like in our podcast, it's a very educational podcast. We wouldn't then go off on a tangent and start talking about Facebook for half an hour because mm. people are listening to our podcast because they want to know about podcasting. So keeping it relevant doesn't mean it has to be like robotic because then that destroys the whole point of podcasting, but keeping it relevant to the audience. And a really good way of doing that is imagine you're kind of stealing their time. So if you've got a half an hour podcast, that half an hour, they could be doing anything, but they're listening to your podcast. So make sure that in that half an hour, you're providing them half an hour's worth of value. You're not providing them 10 minutes worth of value and 20 minutes worth of crap. Mm. So that's important. And then engaging is just, like you say, that could be important for those people who haven't got behind the mic before it can be something that takes a while to get used to if you're from a radio background it might be easier but just yeah the tone of your voice you don't want to drone on you want to have a bit of personality about you the biggest thing and this needs to relate to your kind of why and your who is making sure you enjoy talking about what you're talking about it's vital that you enjoy creating that content because otherwise you're not going to do it for very long if you're going to have to show up every week for a year because typically it takes six months to a year to see like tangible results then you better enjoy what you're talking about because otherwise it's going to feel like a chore, especially if you're doing production and everything as well. So yeah, that would be my main number two is the content, making sure the content's relevant, engaging and unique. I think it's a great trio of aspirations to have for a podcast. The most difficult of those three, in my opinion, is probably ensuring your content is always engaging because yeah. it's incredibly difficult to be objective about the content that you're making and you you hear so many podcasts that are so inward looking and are just they become ego trips ultimately and it's very difficult to find an ego trip entertaining in any way it's either someone making a big point about something or trying to tell the funniest joke or whatever uh, it happens to be it's very inwardly looking is there any secret to making engaging content or does it literally come back to trying to be objective listening back and that gut feel so I'd say with that, it's trial and error, which comes back to podcasting. You've been able to change podcasts whenever because 
through your hosting platform, as long as you have a decent hosting platform, you'll be able to see analytics of how long people are listening for. So which episodes get the most downloads, which ones have the best retention, all of these sort of things make a difference. Because if you're figuring out that your chat episodes with just you and one of the hosts are doing a lot better than, say, interview episodes or solo episodes, and the retention's a lot better, and it's getting more reviews, it's getting more downloads, then it starts to show you, okay, well, that's more engaging. You can see through the results, especially if you're doing video, because YouTube and TikTok have brilliant analytics on the back end for how long people have been listening for. Compare it. Just compare the different Mm. types and styles of episodes you do to see which one holds the audience's attention for the longest, which is where it does come down to start now, get perfect later. Trial and error. Obviously, you can try and judge. It's very hard to judge your own content, like you said. You can try and do that, but then the best thing you can do is do a bit of all sorts and just see which one resonates with the audience best. Are there any common pitfalls that you see being repeated again over and over when relating to content being unique relevant engaging i would say it is just people being quite generic like i say so many people like oh i think i have a great story to talk about but is it or is it the same as everyone else's Mm. (laughs) that sounds horrible but can you be more specific in what you're talking about people are too scared to niche down and be very specific with their topic and then when you talk about relevant as well we have a lot of people who will have content doing really well and then they'll try doing a completely different type of content it's like, no, 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 if that's working really well, don't just do this because it happens a lot with the ones that are doing quite well. So say your podcast is doing extremely well in a specific niche, and then you have the opportunity to interview someone who's like quite a big name, but completely unrelated. Honestly, it sounds great. So like, oh, I could interview this person, but your audience is expecting one thing. And like I said, you're stealing your listeners time. So if you if they're turning up and listening to something where you just talk about an ex-footballer's footballer career on a podcast, which is about how to set up a pc like it's you (laughs) although it sounds great yeah brilliant brilliant guest is it really relevant and those tend to perform quite badly and people oh why does it perform badly he's a great name you've got to think well no because your audience used to listening to one thing so that's the big pitfall we see with the relevant side of it a lot of people do a lot of kind of samey content and then engaging is very much a a practice thing and uh having a look at your analytics and seeing what works that's the biggest i mean all three of them fall into looking at what works and doing more of that although i'm kind of sold on the idea of the paul merson computer pc advice <laughs> podcast now i think i can hear that happening but anyway yeah. so that's that's point number two that's tip number two let's move on to your third piece of advice okay and this one i'd say is do it properly and this isn't always possible but the production value is far more important than people realize in I can't remember the year now, 2020, whenever lockdown was, podcast boomed. Loads of lockdown-style podcasts, people recording into their phones, uploading it straight away. And it worked at the time because it was it was a big boom in the industry and it's kind of it was the norm then. We're now coming back into a stage where there's so many high-production podcasts out there that just doesn't work anymore. And that's not to say it will never work, but 99% of the time it won't because it's very much subconscious, but particularly for those people who do educational content or are an expert in their field, it doesn't matter how much sense you're talking, how good your content is. If it sounds rubbish, people will assume the content's not very good. Mm. So really making sure you have a good production value. And then there's obviously two ways to go about that, which is do it yourself, which can be very difficult, and very time consuming, and which is why most people give up. Or look to invest some money in your podcast, which not everyone can do it. But I would probably say if you can't afford to invest a bit in the production, then you shouldn't bother doing a podcast. Which can be, I say shouldn't bother, that's a bit harsh, depends on your goals. If you're just doing it, like you say, because you enjoy doing it and you want to get your word out there, that's fine. But if it's something with a very tangible goal in terms of like business related or to improve your brand, then production's massively important. 
I would always recommend trying to outsource it if possible. And there's multiple ways to do that. You can obviously look at cheaper version of going down the line of a freelancer or working with an agency or if you're really big, hiring someone in-house. But making sure your content sounds good so that people can kind of subconsciously appreciate it. It will massively help your retention numbers. It's so easy to get scared off from a podcast just by listening to the first 30 seconds of it and be like, oh, this sounds like it's recording in someone's garage. The increased perceived value of content comes with good quality production. One of the mistakes I often see podcasters making, and if you dwell on any of those kind of Facebook support group kind of areas, you'll see people spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds on kit mm-hmm. microphones and then sticking it in a kitchen or <laughs> yeah. buying incredibly expensive headphones and being in a completely unsuitable audio space when you talk about having good production values it doesn't need to be spending a load of money does it what are the things that people really need to think about if they don't want to outsource it to a professional podcast company they do want to do it themselves what are the important things they can do to make sure what they have without spending like say a thousand quid on kit Uh. can give them the best possible quality product well the first step is like you say recording space probably more important than equipment so you don't want to be in a kitchen. You want to be somewhere with soft services. We're lucky enough we've got a booth, but people record under their covers in the bedroom. That'll do. Mm. <laughs> or just in a small room, a small office where the acoustics aren't too bad. Get yourself a microphone. Don't record directly into your phone. Microphone, headphones, spend... Like, you can do it. In an ideal world, you want, like, a Zoom P4, but you can do everything you need for a £100 or so. And that investment it will be massively important. Yes, it's ideal to have your editing, etc. afterwards. But the very first step, like you say, should be recording a good space with not necessarily really good but just a microphone and a pair of headphones and then yeah that's that's your step one really right so we've got our podcast we've made it it's sounding great tip number four relates to getting people to actually hear it in the first place yeah so marketing it how to grow your podcast and it's when i said in the last point if you can outsource it it's because you want to spend as much of your time doing this you can't really outsource the marketing well you can but it's never going to be done as well as if you do it whereas the production will probably be better if you outsource it There's a big point around launch. So the launch is the only time really, not the only time, sorry, but the easiest chance you have to get into the charts, the Apple charts. Mm. Some people think they're great. Some people think they're rubbish. But one thing you can't deny is they're an ego boost for your podcast. So if you're a number one podcast in health and fitness, albeit for an hour, you're always a number one podcast in health and fitness. Anyone ever approached you, oh yeah, I'm a number one health and fitness podcast. So there's a lot of benefits to being in the charts. And if you can market your launch right and... There's a few things like launch with multiple episodes for multiple reasons. One, it looks like you've been doing it longer. People like things that are established. Two, it gives people a chance to get really hooked on your show. If you're watching a Netflix show and it's got eight episodes and then you have to wait for the ninth, you're going to be way more likely to watch the ninth than if you watch one, you have to wait for the second. Do you know what I mean? And then the other and the other reason is download numbers. It's increased download numbers. If you've got six episodes, it could be six times as many downloads. Um, and that will help you in terms of getting into the charts. So launch with multiple episodes and then really push that launch date if you can offer some sort of incentive or giveaway as well to get people to listen on day one because it's all about as many listens in 24 hours then that'll help you massively get into the charts and then once your show's actually up and running there's two elements that people kind of mix together which they shouldn't do and that are vital which is your growth marketing and your retention marketing so growth marketing as you'd expect is new listeners so that's getting in front of new people Great way of doing this, which will be advice I'll give to any podcaster ever, is find shows in a similar niche, be a guest, or get Mm. in front of audiences in some way, shape, or form that have a similar, going back to point one, a similar who to you, a similar ideal listener, 
get in front of these people, especially if they're already a podcast, then you know that everyone that's listening is already on a podcast app. They're already podcast listeners. That's brilliant. So get in front of new audiences as part of your growth marketing. And then retention marketing is also massively important because a thousand new listeners is no good if a thousand people that listened last week haven't returned. So making sure that those people that do listen are always aware of a new episode. If you've got an email list, that's brilliant. Using your own social media, your own communities, your own groups, your own pages, whatever it is to make sure people are always aware every week there's a new episode out, there's a new episode out and consistency falls into the retention marketing as well mm. because people expect it at a certain time on a certain day and expect it to be a certain length about a certain topic. So making sure those are the same every week and then making sure you get it in front of your audience every week. But then you can't just, and this is very common, just do retention marketing. Oh, I've posted it to my social media. I've put it on my group, but I'm not growing. Well, yeah, but you're putting it in front of the same people every time, which is why it's really important to get out there in front of new audiences, be a guest on other shows, join communities, join subreddits, etc., and just make people aware of your podcast. It's interesting you mention social media more as a retention method than a growth part of uh-huh. your marketing. If you were going to look for growth via social media, A, can it fulfill that? And B, where should you put your energy? Because there's so many different platforms at the moment for social yeah. media. It's impossible to focus on everything. Or does that just come down to who you're trying to reach? Yeah, so the reason I say that is social media isn't as good for growth as what like a podcast app can be. Because you imagine if you post to Facebook, maybe, I don't know the percentages, it depends what country you are, but say 40% of people are podcast listeners, then out of everyone who sees it, 60% of those people are not going to listen full stop. Whereas if you're on another podcast, 100% of those people are already podcast listeners. 100% of those people are one click in the show notes away from your show. And it's much easier to get a podcast listener to go and listen to your podcast than a non-podcast listener. So you get in front of the right audience already. But that doesn't mean say you can't grow through social media, of course. The biggest thing you can do, and this is a massive thing, that social media is very good for is if you have a a guest, particularly a high value guest, getting them to then share your show could be really good. So we have a show coming out soon and he interviewed Greg Wallace on his show and I've made a big point to him that make sure Greg shares it to his social media. There's hundreds of thousands of people on there that are got a new audience that are going to see it, which is vital because you sharing it to your audience is great for retention marketing, but it's not going to grow it. So social media can be used, but particularly through other people, get any guests to share it. Or if you're willing to put the time and effort in joining communities that your ideal listener are in, it all comes back to that who. Who is your ideal listener? Where can I find them? Where do they hang out online? What social medias do they use? And then getting in amongst those people. Don't just go, listen, listen, listen to my podcast, but can you provide value related to whatever it is? So if you're a business coach, there's a very vague term. If you're a business coach and you join business coaching groups, can you provide value and then make people aware of your podcast? That's one way of doing it. But the biggest way for social media to be effective in terms of growth marketing, I'd say, is getting your guests to share your podcast. Take us on to your final tip. It's one you've kind of hinted at already a few times, but what is tip number five? So tip number five and is the most important one overall is consistency. It's no good making the best content, having the best sounding podcast, but only uploading it when you can be bothered. (laughs) Because like a TV show, People expect it to be on a time every night. So whether it's Love Island or The Apprentice or I'm a Celebrity, you expect it to be on at a certain time. And humans are creatures of habit. So if it's on at a certain time every week, odds are someone will listen to your podcast while they're doing that same task every week. It's important that you have a schedule, you stick to it. And if you can be consistent for two years with a podcast, you'll probably be in the top couple of percent because not many people are. Um, and it is a slog. I mean, it's not as much a slog as some things like, say, YouTube, but it does take a time to build an audience on a podcast. So mm. being consistent is massive. And then when people find you, when you're 100 episodes in, 
they can go back to episode one. Most people's episode one is always their kind of most listened to. So consistency pays off massively and doesn't matter how good you are if you're not consistent with it it's going to be it's going to be a struggle there's we come across so many people who like invest a lot in their podcast and do all this stuff but they'll miss episodes here and there oh we didn't do anything that week and it's frustrating to say it really is because that is a massive difference maker more so over a long period of time people don't realize and that's also another reason why it's important to do content you enjoy because it's so hard to be consistent when you don't enjoy your content and then one tip on how to actually stay consistent would be to have a bank of episodes so it's very important we uh, we really push this to the people we work with that you have say four episodes in the bank ready to go and then you use one from the bank and put one kind of back in the bank every week yeah so that way you've got a month worth of if something happens you'll be able to upload you don't want to be relying on producing an episode this week to go out this week or next week if you can be four weeks ahead or even more if possible depending on the type of content if it's obviously like news related content you can't do that but with our content, we've probably got 10 episodes in the bank ready to go. And if we have something relevant that comes out, so we've just done an episode on ChatGPT, which is obviously a very relevant topic at the moment, we'll push it to the front and bring that out. But generally, we know that if for whatever reason we can't record for a month, we'll be absolutely fine. And that's massively important in terms of staying consistent because you don't want to miss a week just because you were ill or something like that. For many, I think podcasting is very much a hobby for 99% of the podcasts out there. It's probably the case. Uh-huh. And creating a show that fits in alongside your job, your family, your dog walks can be really difficult. So how do you remain consistent when all those other demands are on your time? Is it just about the commitment you make in that first instance? Yeah, it is. It's like I say, if it's, if you're just a complete hobbyist and then things like the production value, you probably invest less, less in that, etc. But it is important to make sure you can do it every week. And although bi-weekly shows aren't great, you're better off doing it every other week and making sure you're consistent than struggling to do it weekly. So picking a schedule that you can stick to is vital. And then if it is something you're serious about, like you can still be a hobbyist, but something you're really passionate about doing well and want results, then looking to outsource is massively under un, underdone because I think less than 4% of podcasts out there are actually active now. So if you can look to kind of outsource tasks like production to someone who's probably going to do it better than you, the admin elements of it, the show notes, the titles, all of these things, and your focus is purely create good content and market it, then all of a sudden it becomes a lot more doable. And if you have your kind of set schedule that you know what you're going to do each week, that helps. But I understand not everyone's doing a podcast to make money or isn't really passionate about it being something big. If they just do it for the sake of like, oh, it's just a hobby, then it's a kind Mm -hmm. of different ball game. But I'm referring more so to the people we tend to work with, which is those people with a, we work with people with the idea of kind of getting tangible results. We work with a lot of entrepreneurs, et cetera, who are using it for their business. And for those people, outsourcing those elements is probably the easiest way to make sure they stay consistent. And you get the accountability of someone being there to make sure you actually upload every single week. One of the biggest challenges against consistency, one of the biggest blockers is that term pod fade which you already uh-huh. mentioned the stat earlier that the average life of a podcast is seven episodes and that's uh-huh. it it's kind of done after that how do you stop that how do you prevent yourself just getting into it and going oh this is too much work or i'm not interested uh-huh. in this or i'm not seeing those twenty thousand listens an episode that i set out at the original start of my journey absolutely and that's why Going back to point one, the why is so important. Why are you creating the podcast? Because if you haven't really got a reason to do it, you're more likely to give up. So the why, making sure the content's something you're passionate about and understanding that how much work's involved or how much investment's involved, one of the two, 
I mean, they're the main things, really. Yeah, the why. Why are you doing it? How much work's involved? Can you do that? And expecting to do it for months without a return and expecting that it's going to take a long time. Be prepared to do it for years on end. Is it something you're going to be happy to talk about for years and years? If it's not, then you might be in a bit of trouble. Ashley, brilliant to chat to you. Thanks very much for your time on VoiceWorks Sound Business. Some really solid advice for those wanting to take their first steps into podcasting. If they want to hear more from you or chat more about podcasts or find out about what you do, where can they go? So we have our own podcast, the Podcasters Podcast, where we talk about all things podcasting. So that could be relevant for some of, some of your listeners. And for those that want to connect with me, I'll give you my LinkedIn. And I'm always happy to chat on LinkedIn. I also post clips of our podcast and other random podcasting stuff on LinkedIn. So it'd be good to connect with everyone on LinkedIn too. As always, you can find all the links in the podcast description. Ashley, cheers for your time. Thank you very much, Jim. Some brilliant advice there from Ashley. And as promised, the links that Ashley mentioned, ways to get in touch, you can find them all in the podcast description, along with a couple of links to other episodes of Sound Business that I think are particularly relevant if you want a beginner's guide to how to get started in podcasting so make sure you check out those episodes and there's plenty more to come on sound business so if you've not subscribed or followed already make sure you do that and if you want to get in touch with myself or any of the VoiceWorks team to discuss your audio strategy then get in touch you can do that via the website voiceworks.ai <laughs>